Since first opening its doors in 1993, Honda Performance Development, or HPD, has been a major figure in global motorsports. From the Baja 1000 to the Indy 500 in the 24 hours of Daytona, HPD's reach in global motorsport is vast and they've become a mainstay in the sport regardless of the series or championship they compete in. And their presence and impact in sports car racing is no exception. Just in the United States, HPD runs a myriad of different sports car racing programs. They have a GTP car, a GT3 program, and a touring car program all at the same time and that's just in sports car racing. And all of their programs are finding success, from race wins and championships across all of their categories, whether you're in a GTP car, a touring car, or a GT3 car from Acura or HPD, you're bound to be competitive. At the top level, Acura's previous generation DPI car won them both the manufacturer's and driver's title in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And their newest creation, the ARX 06 LMDH car, looks to be the GTP class pace setter so far in 2023. HPD has its racing headquarters in Southern California. And on today's episode of Double Stint Extra, I sit down with HPD president David Salters to talk about this impressive facility, what the minds behind its doors are capable of, and how Acura feels about the dawn of sports car racing's newest golden era. First of all, I just want to talk about the facility we're in. Can I have just a brief history of it, what goes on here, and why it's so important to everything that HPD does on the racetrack? Okay, so we're currently at Honda Performance Development. We're in Santa Clarita, north of Los Angeles in uh, Southern California. This is where we uh, go about the business of our racing. There's um, several hundred Honda employees that work here. And we work on Honda and Acura's uh, racing programs. So that's IndyCar, that's Baja Ridgeline Racetruck, that's um, GTP, that's uh, GT3, NSX, that's uh, TCA and TC Honda Touring Cars, Civics. And um, it's also uh, helping out with F4 and uh, FRA. So we just want to make sure we don't get bored. And can you speak to some of the capabilities of this facility? What what goes on here? What are they responsible for on the technical side, specifically relating to the sports car program? So this is our um, production, assembly, and engineering base. So we can do everything here from design a powertrain, an electrified powertrain these days from a clean sheet of paper. We can simulate it. We can manufacture it. We can assemble it. We can test it on test cells. We also got an aerodynamics group. Um, that will understand the aerodynamics of our vehicles. We got our vehicle performance group that will go away and do all the vehicle dynamics and kinematics and runs a driver in the loop simulator and does lap time simulation and understands the real uh, finer areas of vehicle performance. We got an electrical engineering group that will do hardware and software. We got a metallurgy group within all that design, development, say manufacturing. Uh, and we got a um, data analytics group. We got people who think about performance car. And most importantly, we got like our HR group that looks after us and helps us with all our amazing people and finance group that helps pay for it all. So that's uh, in our facility or factory here. That's what happens. And then we have a satellite place out in Indianapolis where we have the driver in the loop simulator. And all of those groups working together, it's one of the things that was really interesting to me as we were going on this lovely tour earlier is just how much can be done 
in-house in here in this facility in Santa Clarita, whether it's physically making new parts, whether they're uh, in larger quantities or a one-off, something that can be turned around very quickly and then implemented into the race program. It seems like that would probably take a lot of the stress off. And, you know, I'd imagine in the world of supply chain issues and things like that, being able to design, produce, implement and test something in-house would would save you a lot of headache. It's, it certainly does. I mean, a, a racing company is... Um it sort of was a startup before people had thought about the word startup. So we're an agile engineering organization. Um, so we want as much as we can in-house so we can react quickly. But actually, uh, because we're Honda, it goes further than that. The reason we actually go racing is to develop people and technology. And as you saw walking around, there's not BS. There is a whole load of people here. Uh, with Honda badges, etc., that actually go away and design, make, manufacture, assemble stuff. And we do it in-house so that we can develop the people and the technology. And if we do it under our own roof, we just learn about it. And then we develop our own IP and stuff. And uh, But then hopefully we can do it well. You know, you're trying to come up with smart stuff and then you're trying to out-develop your competitor. And if you have control more control of your own destiny. Hopefully that gives you a competitive advantage, which is why that's how Honda goes racing. That's why we do it like we do. Well, we were very lucky earlier on this tour to go around and meet and speak with some of these people, these engineers and the people on the floor assembling the engines, doing the testing, and uh, even part of the HR department and everybody here. What makes the people here at HPD stand out from any other company, any other race team, any other organization that goes racing? Well, they're, they're brilliant, I think, um, in my humble opinion. This, this game, uh, what we, we do and what any business is about, it's all about the people. It's how it, success comes from having great people and empowering them and helping them and letting them do their jobs, etc. So you, you've got a taste of our amazing people. <laughs> My privilege is to help them. And um, you sort of want a coherent team who likes working together, has fun together, and is going in more or less the right direction. And uh, that's that's what this, this, this game is about, really. That's how it works in any business. That's how success comes, I think. You want people who want to be there, bring energy in trying to get stuff done, trying to change stuff, got great ideas, and our job is to support them. So you you, you met some of our marvellous people, and it's top to bottom, and we're just trying to all work together and get on with stuff. That's, that's you know, that's the, that's, to me, that's the secret of HPD, but it's the privilege of certainly my position is to be involved with that. So you mentioned earlier on the tour that about 250 people here employed. It hasn't always been that high. And you mentioned that GTP has certainly ramped a lot of that up. You're busy, obviously, with that, with the current IndyCar program, with the future IndyCar program and, you know, the carryover from DPI as well. It seems like there's a lot more man and woman power going into the current projects, you know, GTP especially. You've even said in the past that uh, the ARX06 is one of the most technologically advanced projects that HPD has ever worked on. Oh, it certainly is. Um, Yeah, we... uh we goofed slightly, really. We had too many projects going on at the same time, um, which um, which is great. But um, so obviously we've got to adapt to that. So at a certain point in time, we got current IndyCar, new IndyCar. We had DPI, we got GTP. GTP is an amazingly sophisticated car, which is great. Um, so we had to adapt for that. But um, 
well, testament to the men and women here. Uh, they adapted. And, you know, we, like I say, we go Baja, uh, we have Baja truck. Uh, we've got touring cars that we prototype here and then they're made in PMC. And then we made the CRV hybrid racer, the beast, sort of for fun. And then we got involved with Hoonigan. So, yeah, we didn't get bored. So, so we did, but um, but yeah, you can have too much of a good thing. We probably need to get it a bit more under control, to be honest with you. But there you go. Well, I want to speak a little bit more about GTP and, and that program. Um, obviously, it's still new. It's in its first year of actually racing. You all have been working on it much longer than that in the development phase. But what is the current state of of GTP from Honda's perspective and Acura's perspective? Are you where you want to be, or what is left to to be developed? Yeah, I think we are. Um, I am immensely proud to have been part of the team that straight out of the box got both of our cars through the 24 hours of Daytona, which is arguably one of the most rigorous, hardest sort of endurance races there is. So we're not in a bad position and the car's fast. So as a group, we're really, really proud of coming out with a really fast car that is reliable and yeah, then we took it to Sebring and car did very well there. It was a bit of obviously at the end and we had one reliability issue, but generally extremely pleased with where we are, but it's racing. So not pleased enough because you're only as good as your next race. So how do we do better for the next race? How do we keep developing the car in the areas where we can develop it? And we're still learning the car. We're still scratching the surface in some areas. So we've got this um, lovely challenge so ahead of us. Very pleased with where we've got to. And we're, we're fighting world-class competition. And we're definitely holding our heads up. So that's, that's awesome. And it's real reward for the, again, the efforts of the people. But um, we've still got a lot to do. So pleased where we are. But it's racing. So great. What are we going to do better for the next race? You mentioned the constant improvement. What are we going to do better? And one of the stories we heard today, and I'd love for you to tell it again to, to those listening to the podcast, is just in terms of oil dilution and one of the solutions that you had found and your engineering team had, had found to to combat that. And I, I thought it was just a wonderful story uh, about older technologies and research informing new solutions for very complex systems. Hats off to IMSA. We have a renewable fuel, sustainable fuel. It's new. And the lovely thing about racing is you do new stuff and you got to find out about it. And there were some, I wouldn't say problems, just different challenges, which is exactly why we go racing. You should have new stuff, you should have challenges. And then the idea is to fix them quickly and learn. So, and again, we're all in the middle of COVID, so supply chain issues and stuff. And um, FuelSpy did a brilliant job to move heaven and earth and get the fuel here. But of course, we're all running late. So uh, we started testing the fuel in November, et cetera, and um, we found some issues with oil dilution. This fuel is brand new. It doesn't really exist in the world before. What are we going to do about it? Great. Um, working together. Um, and we sort of noticed that we were quite getting quite a lot of fuel in the oil. Um, normally you might expect one or 2%, and this was 10 times more than that. So, and uh, I think most people will know fuel is not the best lubricant in the world. In fact, it's about the worst lubricant. So you don't really want it in your beautiful 2.4 litre, highly stressed, 
700 horsepower racing engine. It's bad things will happen if you don't look after it. Um, so we thought, oh, that's not good. So what are we going to do about it? Um, so we got some very clever measurement equipment that sort of helped us. We were sort of sending bits of it out, but we got some stuff, very clever measurement equipment so we could measure and understand. And then we started to sweep parameters. But actually the guy who leads our development organization sort of went away to sort of get the Google out or get the books out and understand what causes uh, all dilution. And actually these days it doesn't happen very often, but it used to happen a long time ago when, you know, fuels are very different, lubricants are very different. The quantities that we get now are minuscule. And in the early days of like new stuff, like a new fuel now, um, you got quite a lot. So we actually found a paper that was 100 years old and someone had sat down or a group at a university and modelled the sort of equilibrium status of how fuel and oil interact. So we did loads of classical sums and we were able to use a 100-year-old paper with 21st century measuring equipment and we were able to figure out how the oil and fuel would reach an equilibrium state and then we could manage it and then we could look at the parameters that changed it and we could change the parameters so that in the end we were quite happy to go through 24 hours. But that all happened in a big panic over Christmas. <laughs> so we fixed it, we got it done. We've seen learned more stuff now and it's a non-issue now. Well, the new fuel, the new cars are all part of a new era of sports car racing. And the sport is in a really, really exciting place. GT3 is in a really interesting and exciting place. And obviously top level prototypes with GTP here over in the States and LMH. Can you just speak to what makes you excited about the current state of sports car racing? Okay. So the thing that really makes me excited about the cars are cool. They look cool and they sound cool. And then you've got the juxtaposition of electrification. Um, you know, you've got EV starts and then engines burst into life and they're running on renewable fuel. But the cars, the cars have got a personality, which I think is quite smart. I'm not sure if we exactly thought about it like that, but when you look at them now, the cars have got their own personality, which is, which is, pretty sweet and uh, that mimics the different manufacturers and you've got world-class manufacturers in there now so you've got these cool cars with really cool technology it's sort of under control it's not out of control in terms of arms race type stuff but definitely more than enough to keep everyone very busy and then you've got all these world-class manufacturers in there so uh but I come back to it, it's got some cool cars and the racing is awesome. So the the thing, as you get more into sports car racing, the way the classes are mixed and the differential speeds and all that sort of stuff makes makes every other lap sort of exciting and thrilling. And then it's a sprint now. It's basically a whole collection of Grand Prix all put together. So it's sort of a sprint from start to finish. So cool cars, great racing, top-class manufacturers. It's, it's it's pretty good. One of the other interesting things is that constant development, the new technology and getting to showcase that and, and develop it because it's not only going to be used on the racetrack, it's going to trickle down to the road cars that you can buy every day from Honda or different manufacturers like that. What do you see as, as the biggest area where racing is, is able to push technology forward that is going to trickle down to consumers in the next couple of years? So right now, one of the key areas for us is energy management. So we are trying to understand how to 
recover energy, spend energy uh, in an electrified way. And that, that will cross over. How do, we, how do we manage our regen or deployment? How do we get the most out of it? And I think that will be directly applicable. And can we do cool stuff there? And can we think of algorithms that help develop that, et cetera? Can we use it for uh, efficiency or can we use it for performance? We get to use it for both in these cars. Um, Honda Acura is fun to drive. So if we can use it for efficiency, we also make very efficient cars. It's great. And then we can use it for fun. You know, so, so there's energy management. There's all the business of writing all the software that actually manages that. Plus also it now links to um, vehicle dynamic control. So you can actually use it in terms of brake-by-wire systems, BIOS migration, energy management, the whole thing links together. And that is really relevant for what is arriving and is in the modern world of automotive. And so very proud of that. And also to bring it in the next, the latest generation of engineers. We've noticed since we started to do this program, we have much more interest um, young engineers are coming through, they're interested, they're engaged. Even old engineers like me are super engaged. We we'll want to learn. And this is learning. So it's, it's really relevant to what is going on. The two areas I mentioned and also the new influx of the latest generation engineers and some old, older grey bearded people like myself, we're just learning stuff. So it's really cool. Well, thank you very much for your time today, David. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you to all the fans out there that follow uh, what we do with our brilliant sports car racing. That's that's why we're here. We've got to entertain people as well. And I think uh, the way this series has started is pretty entertaining. <laughs>